Hi, my name is Julia. Hi, Julia. <laughs> and I'm here with my girlfriend, America, and my sister, Jessica. And we're going to take a second to kind of give a little bit of background on who we are. America, do you want to go first? I suppose as the oldest. So my name is America. <laughs> I was born into the LDS church. Um, I graduated from BYU-Idaho. I moved to Florida. No, she um, got... Me. Oh, wait. You got married. I got married after moving to Florida. <laughs> oh, that's true. I got married. Um, I was married for seven years, temple marriage. Um, I am no longer married, and I no longer live in Florida. I lived in Utah for four years as well, and now I live in Missouri with my girlfriend, Julia. Yeah. You're the, next, you're the next in age order, so I think oh, we should go I next. next? Mm-hmm. Okay, so my name is Julia. Hello, uh, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was born in Texas, and then I moved when I was two months old, and we've been in Missouri in Plano. Yeah, and then I went to school in BYU-Idaho. BYU-Idaho. America and I were roommates, mm-hmm. which was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, we both graduated with our bachelor's degrees, and then I served a mission, and then I got home, and then got married, had a baby, and then I'm getting divorced. And, yeah. It's all very exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> and. I am Julia's uh, younger sister, Jessica, and I uh, was born in Missouri, um, southwest Missouri, and have lived here the most of my life. I did serve a Mormon mission in South Carolina, and after that I came home and got married really quickly in the temple, and we were married five and a half years. We had a beautiful girl, we have a beautiful girl, and now are divorced and uh, co-parenting very well. Um, but we both left the church together a couple years ago. But we've, it, yeah, that's, we've had an interesting journey. We all have. Yeah, so this is basically the ex-wives club. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the ex-wives club. Yeah. I'll join you guys hopefully soon. Yeah. Not, not hopefully, definitely. Soon. Definitely. Well, hopefully soon. I will definitely oh, join hopefully you. Hopefully <laughs> soon, but not hopefully, period. Uh, yes, no, 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 I am not. That is not. This is not <laughs> up for discussion. It <laughs> is not up for debate. Yes, this is absolutely happening. Um, so our aim here, so I have a TikTok, is it called a platform? I still cannot remember. I think it's, yeah, a TikTok platform. I have a TikTok platform and my name is Analyzing Mormonism. And I've been thinking about creating a podcast where we can go into more depth because TikTok, you know, is like 15 seconds to three minutes max and, you know, podcasts allow for a a longer forum. (laughs) Just a little bit longer attention span audience. (laughs) Like get, get like tastes from TikTok and then then meals from podcasts. Exactly. Um, And my aim is not to to say anything mean about the church. It's just to share um, information. information. And um, I keep thinking about this phrase, you know, every member a missionary. And on my mission, I served in Salt Lake. And we always joke that every member a mission president because everyone knows the rules and everyone's going to get onto you if you break them. Um, Anyways, um, but I was thinking like with this podcast, I want to have every listener a Mormon historian, although I can't think of words that would make it like flow better. Yeah, it's not better. very catchy. But, it's not catchy, but the but, idea. But the idea is still there. Every mm-hmm. listener. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully the information you share is catchier than whatever name we come up with, because like you said, it's not anything anti or to tear down. It's just an honest look. Right. Or maybe you didn't say it exactly like that. Well, that's what I want. That's, that is my aim. I don't want to be an anti-podcast. I don't want to be I, I don't know. I just don't want to have... I want somebody who's a faithful member to be able to listen to this and to come away feeling better. And I also want maybe the people who have left the church to listen to these and learn more and also feel better. <laughs> if that makes any sense. 
It can all around be beneficial. Yes. We're all humans just trying to understand more about the world. Okay, so really briefly, do you guys mind, should we talk about like why we left the church or what our relationship is with the church so that we can start out with that? Um, sure, why not? Is that okay? Um, does anybody want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Um, so I have kind of struggled with certain aspects of the church throughout my life, as many of us have. Things like um, homosexuality, as I have lots of close friends um, and have had throughout my life lots of close friends who are homosexuals. And now a sister, who, not now, but, you know, who has comfortably come out now and whom I can openly support. And um, it's it just... It's, it was easy by the time I got a hold of the CES letter to see, to look at the doctrine and say that's not consistent and then be comfortable to follow my intuition into the world of like logic. Like two people that love each other should absolutely be together if it's healthy and consensual. And um, there's not, there's not rules. Like, like it just, that, that was a lot of it was, um, doctrinal points already feeling uncomfortable and then having it really solidified through the CES letter after being uncomfortable with um, the Old and New Testament I kind of lost my testimony in the Bible itself and in the old version of Christianity and then Mormonism followed with it um, after that. Could you explain a little bit about what the CES letter is? Yes. So the CES letter is a document written by Jeremy Reynolds. Um, I don't remember which year it was published, 2017? Oh, I don't remember. I want to say it was 17 or 18. But uh, he published a book of essays. It's questions that he, if I'm relaying this correctly, he wrote an essay of many, many questions and sent them to a state president who was supposedly or who he had hoped would send it to a um like a member of the 70 or a member of the 12 and instead was told uh to hush up and that eventually he felt the need to publish these questions because they not only were not being answered but he was being told not to ask them and so um i know i'm like leaving out a lot of huge plot points in the story but he was able to put together this document and get it published and it's available now online for free and for a small purchase fee it's like twelve dollars through his website and it's really worth having would you say that it's an (coughs) anti-mormon book um no i think that it can come off as anti-mormon because it if you already have some chinks in your testimony armor um then you can feel the effects of the arguments um if you're a faithful believer none of it's going to resonate at all um so it'll feel like anti and that the same is true for anything that explains that like this can be considered an anti platform if we're because we're we've left the church and we're even discussing that right now and people could view it like that but the truth is it is very factual and what he's doing is asking questions he's posing it in a very like almost legal setting Mm -hmm. he's asking honest and open questions 
And I, I think that that's what we've always been taught to do. That's what we were told Joseph Smith did, was he went to the grove and asked a question. And if Jeremy should not be punished for, and none of us should be punished for being curious. And that's where a lot of my questions got answered was, well, really that saying there weren't answers to these questions or that the reasons behind things being the way that they were were that things uh, were were being uh, swept under the rug. But anyway, more more on that later. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to say anything else about? So you read a CES letter, and then you you uh... my my at the time I was still married, and we had just had our baby. She was like six months old, and my ex husband and I got a hold of a CES letter, and our views of the church had already become pretty nuanced. Um, so we were not your average believing Mormons. We we had a really magical worldview very into the like magic rocks and things um the the uh, dowsing rods and divining rods you guys uh, did that we didn't do it uh, or maybe my my ex-husband might have but we were definitely acquainted with people that did do that and we owned so many rocks with supposedly so many very special qualities and uh so our views were already pretty nuanced i got a hold of this es letter and my logical brain ate it up before like, he did no, he actually showed it to oh, me. Oh, he showed it to you. He didn't... No, he didn't actually show it to me. He did a better thing than that. We were talking one night, and we were preparing our primary lesson for that Sunday. We taught the oh. eight-year-olds, and the lesson was about Joseph Smith. And I was like, doesn't it feel a little weird to you that we have so many lessons on Joseph Smith? And why does it... Like, it doesn't feel so relevant when these kids that we're teaching have parents who work in high-stress jobs who are um, stressed for their parents. They come to us on Sunday and they're like, my dad's afraid he's going to lose his job. And I'm like, I don't want to tell you about Joseph Smith. That's not going to help you at all. So we're preparing our lesson and Riley just really not... He very carefully said, I found something online that you might benefit from reading. Please don't feel pressured to, but it is about the church and about questions we've both had. And I asked him what it was, and he told me it was the CES letter. And I made him sit with me while I found it on my phone. I read the first couple points, like the, the there's an outline, basically, a table of contents. I read through the table of contents, and my stomach got really nauseous, and I was like, okay, I will read this later. <laughs> and when I was sitting down in a place that I was comfortable and could feel a little bit better of a grip on my physical reality, then I sat and read the CES letter, and it really punched a hole in my already dissolving testimony it was just kind of like the the information that i needed where i had all the feelings but then there were the facts so it was really helpful it's just occurring to me that um so one of the first things i want to do with this analyzing mormonism podcast is to go over the gospel topic essays and i was just thinking that the gospel topics essays are are laid out by topics obviously because that's what it is but it reminds me of the CES letter, how you just, if you are struggling or if you have questions with a certain thing, you go to that and you read on that. Same with this. And so it just, it's kind of a very similar format. And maybe this is the church's way of debunking or answering those questions. But anyway, um, America, what is your, what's your journey through the church? Um, so I was a very strong member my entire well not my entire life I questioned a little bit in middle school but when I started in seminary I was very grounded in the church I found it to be very comforting that they answered all the questions everything was clear 
Um, I felt like I could never be led astray by the prophets, so everything felt really comforting and um, clean is, is like how I felt. I really liked the clean lines. Um, <clears throat> very straight. Yeah, very straight. <laughs> clean lines. <laughs> um, so yeah, I went to BYU-Idaho, um, had zero problems, was very looking forward to um, being married. Um, I obviously had not been married by the time I graduated BYU-Idaho, which is like practically unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> Then I went to Florida, and I met my um, husband, and then he was a Spanish speaker, so we went to the Spanish ward, and I didn't speak Spanish, so I went to church in Spanish for three years and didn't understand the lessons, and, and instead was just like, well, I'll read the lessons to myself, and um, wait, wait, I, wait, was it Come Follow Me at probably, that point? Yeah, I think But so, instead, yeah. didn't mm-hmm. you, like, Pinterest feminism quotes instead? Well, it's not instead, but as well as. <laughs> you can get through those I, lessons pretty quick. I had discovered Pinterest at the time, and there was, like, a lot of, you know, how Pinterest targets you with the things that you're interested in. Well, like, it very quickly figured out that I was um, um, an undercover feminist. Yeah. And, like, I was, like, agreeing with these things and, like, being like, yeah, that's exactly right. Like, yeah women are equal and they deserve rights and like yeah I shouldn't like have to depend on my husband for yada yada Uh, like I also was raised like by my mom almost entirely so like I've never felt like a man was absolutely necessary in order to like have a a happy home and whatever in fact can oftentimes be detrimental to happiness um but so, like, I guess it started weakening during that time. I feel like, um... Wait, did you did you feel like the church was not pro-women? Yeah, I started to see that. Like, I kept telling myself, like, oh, well, I really like the church, like, um, because they, they, the garments are equally modest for men and women. And, like, that was, like, the main thing I would say about how the, the church was equal. equal. Oh, but, like, that's really interesting. there wasn't... Anything else besides We that. both have to cover our genitals. Apple <laughs> and down to your thigh and cover your That's shoulders. That's true. Like, Wait, but what, um, for, for people listening that are active in church, what, and I'm, maybe they've noticed things too, but what, what are some, can you pinpoint things that made men and women not equal? Well, the, the, it's very much the man and wife, um, expectations, um, like the, the way the family proclamation lays it out? Yes. So I was not able to have children. I was in, incapable of getting pregnant. We wanted to very much, um, but I couldn't. And I mourned that for years, um, but then came to the realization, like, I, that's not, like, my purpose, obviously, uh, because I can't. So it can't be my purpose. Um, and then continued to go to Relief Society lessons where I was reminded that that was supposed to be my purpose. And I'm like, wait, well, hold on. Like, I have I have a lot of value outside of giving birth to other human beings. Are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of value out of serving my husband Sorry, because I also like struggled with serving my husband because, well, we had a very interesting um, marriage dynamic and he... Anyway... He didn't appreciate many of the things that I did for him, and so I would just stop doing the things for him. And uh, we, our relationship honestly got better the more we were, like, roommates rather than, like, a couple. Um, so as time went on and our relationship got more strained and um, I started to realize not only was the church, like, super sexist, 
Um, but I didn't fit there. Um, and my ex-husband continued to pressure me to just continue acting like everything was fine, even though I expressed to him, like, I'm having doubts. Um, yeah, eventually... Doubts about the church? Yeah. Yeah, doubts about the church. I, yeah. Anyway, that's a very long and detailed story. Um, but eventually, like, I, I had... I was physically in, mentally out, as they say, uh, for four years... Um, and just every Sunday, glazed over eyes, not paying attention. Um, even though we started going to church in English again, uh, at least I had community, but I didn't have belief in the church anymore. I would just like look for the good, but not really feel like um, it connected or, or um, like I felt more spirit when I was listening to music or going on a hike than I did at church now um, because things just didn't resonate with me anymore. Um, and then when I eventually realized I was not straight and asked my husband for a divorce and he very respectfully let me go, um, I actually, it was after that that I read the CES letter and started to realize how much, um, well, so the, the biggest problem for me I've always struggled with the history of polygamy. Like, always, always, always. I don't know that any of us haven't. Yeah. yeah. It struggled really hard because, again, Or just feminist. ignore it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would just try to ignore it and be like, well, that was in the past. It's in the past. It's in the past. It's in the past. The past is in the past. Yeah. And, like, there's reasons. Like, they had to have children and yada, yada. Okay, that's fine. It's in the past. It's in the past. It's in the past. And then one day, and this was while we were going to church in Spanish, um... My ex-husband said, because I said something about how I hated polygamy, and he's like, well, it's like kind of still an eternal principle. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I mean, like, technically we'll, like, live it in the eternities. And I was like, what? (laughs) And I think I cried. I think I cried, Um, if, if I remember correctly, because that's horrifying to me, and I don't know why... A loving heavenly father would treat his daughters that way. If they didn't want to be treated that way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I definitely I don't ask for it. I don't want that. No, I don't, I don't in any way, shape, or form agree to that. That's my my ex husband and I when we were married in the temple. Actually, we had that discussion before because we both were returned missionaries that knew like even some of the weird doctrine even. And knew some of the yucky history of the church and even accepted it. Some of it, not all of it. I didn't know about Helen Mark. <laughs> but um, it was just, I remember sitting down and saying, I can't share you. Like, if it gets to that point, it's, you know, you, you can't do that to me. And mm-hmm. so we had an understanding that if God had the green flag raised and said, Unless he said, you go be with this exact person, unless God said to my ex-husband, you need to be with her and, and you'll, your wife will shove it, I wasn't going to accept polygamy. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm grateful I don't have to. That's yeah. so hard. I think, mm-hmm. in my, I think for me, thinking of polygamy in heaven, I guess I was thinking, like, if we... Maybe we're just not mature as human beings, and, and if we like reach a certain level, we can be okay with sharing our spouse or okay with. It just sounds like a cult children. leader thing. Like in my head, I was like, maybe we're all going to be like more like robots, and we're not going to have as strong emotions, and we're not going to be as in love as Brigham Young oh, says um, as well. He's like, you know, you don't have to be. It's it's probably better if you're not how in love many, with your spouse. How many wives did Brigham have? Oh, and so how many. He probably wished they acted like robots. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but that doesn't sound like heaven. Like, what if we're all acting like robots? That doesn't, that doesn't I, sound like. I heaven. also like. Is it heaven to have? Like, is it heaven for a woman to be a wife amongst a bunch of wives? Why isn't it the and just like <laughs> continually giving birth mm. for eternity? And I don't like America. You weren't able to have children, and having a child came at an immense physical cost to me. Um, and we'll continue to hear throughout the rest of the church's days how important it is to bear children. And um, that's hard because, like, that isn't everybody's purpose. And there's a very singular purpose in the church, which is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. And you can mm-hmm. interpret it however way you want to, but typically that means having kids, raising them in the gospel, paying your tithing, going to the temple at least once a month, and renewing your uh, brainwash uh, vows. Your covenants. Um, okay, so Jessica, your shelf breaker, I guess so to speak, was the CES letter. In America, you said you alluded to that it was the women um, in the church and then kind of polygamy as well, I guess, which is uh, polygamy. I think the ultimate shelf breaker, because I was like kind of meh about the church for a long time because I didn't have any concrete proof that it was wrong. I was just like, this really doesn't feel good. It doesn't fit for me. But when I was listening to the year of polygamy, I think Zena Huntington's um, story yeah. really was like no, 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 no. There is, yeah, I can't, I can't handle her story. Like she was married, she was seven months pregnant Ugh. with her husband's baby, and then still Joseph Smith like, uh, like pressured her to marry him. There, I don't see any way, shape, or form where that's okay. Why God would want that? There make it makes zero sense to me, and it just seems. Um, not okay. Anyway, so that, I think that was my shelf breaker right there. Okay. So Zina. Ultimately, yeah. See, <laughs> yes, letter. So Jeremy See, Reynolds Jeremy. and Zina Huntington. <laughs> Go Jeremy. Go Zina. Uh-huh. Zina's a trooper. She did her Zina, Zina. She. Yeah. I think she, I want to say Zina because of Zina Warrior Princess, and I was like, a She is a fan. warrior princess. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think her, her husband ever stopped loving her. Oh, he did not. They, he has letters up. He all the way up to letters. That makes me want to cry. Yeah. We should have a... It's I just so, like, man in the iron mask. Anyway. Like, I'm endless in your... Anyway, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, wait, so for me, um, I was also very strong in the church. I graduated from BYU-Idaho, as I said. Um, I served a mission in Salt Lake City, South and East Missions. I got home, married in the temple... Like, it was all great. Um, I became part of this little tiny group called the Mound Rovers, and we were looking for evidence that the Book of Mormon took place in the United States. And I was doing that with my dad, and so I would write posts that were... I didn't go into, the, like, the geography of it, because that's that's not my strong suit. I it was, also didn't make sense to you? <laughs> it also did not make sense to me. Um, but I would write um, posts about, like, Joseph Smith doing polygamy, practicing polygamy, and how that was okay and his seer stones and like researching how he had like five of them and like this was all fine with me but then I started accepting or learning in myself about my sexuality and um, how I was um, very unsatisfied in my current relationship and I started reading all these different books that were that were uh, what would you call that they're like church friendly church Church approved approved books gay, gay topic yes so like um, Richard Osler, um, Charlie Bird, a bunch of different other books that I was reading to see, can I be happy? Can I be gay and still be happy in the church? And ultimately, I read this book called The Tabernacles of Clay by Tyler Petrie, Taylor Petrie. 
And that one, he just lays out really clearly that the church's doctrines have always changed. And I was like, wow, if the church is changing this much, because, you know, the, the church says the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, this didn't make sense to me. And I was like, this the church isn't true because these men are just just making the best decisions that they can. And, and I didn't agree with, I didn't think they were the best. Um, they weren't healthy. Um, like the 2015 November policy for LGBTQ children, that was not okay. Yeah, it was really <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a bunch of different other things. Um, and then I started reading um, other books like Todd Compton's book in Sacred Loneliness. And again, I was like, there's literally no reason why Joseph um, should be practicing polygamy for those very reasons. Like he wasn't having kids. These women were already married. Um, things like that. daughter. Yeah, there's no reason sisters, to be sealed. Sisters. Yeah, 14-year-olds yeah. that could have had a life with other people, but instead they were required to stay with him for the rest of their lives. So she's talking about Helen Marr Kimball, and I just learned that Helen Marr was sealed to Joseph Smith at the age of 14 for time and eternity. And the man that she fell in love with after Joseph Smith died, she could only be sealed to for time, not for eternity, because she was already taken by Joseph Smith. So that broke my heart. She couldn't even be with this man that she loved. So... Anyway, that, I'll plug that in really fast. But anyway, so that that my shelf just broke, um, and I hate the phrase shelf breaker because I, I've been it's in a house. It's more like a reality crumbler. It's like your world exploding. Like it's I've, like all the walls of your house, not just the shelf. Yeah. Like your right. whole, it's your all whole the paradigm, or the the foundation of your house is just yes, like ripped out. Just, <laughs> and then and then like because everything around you is shattered, you like finally take your first drink ever, and people are like, see. See, it's because you're sinning. That's why you left. And you're like, no, I just needed to calm down because my whole world just ended. Yeah. Um, so, um, I don't know if there's anything more to add with mine. Um, yeah, so I just came out and started dating a woman. It's been great. Um, anyway, so with this podcast, I don't want to be... Um, I want to be critical. Um, so I'm not going to say that. I don't want to be harsh. Is that fair to say? We're not going to make fun. We're not going to be derogatory towards the church. Um, but we are we're going combative. to point out the problems that we see. Mm-hmm. We're looking for the holes. Yep. Anyway, so what I want to do first is go through the Gospel Topics essays, because that is on the church website. They are written by, I'm assuming, the brethren. I don't know who. There, there's no author published. And in fact, the church, they don't even post a date for these. Um, so the church can come in and edit them and change them as they want. Um, so yeah, so we'll be reading them. Um, it's March 2022, um, and we'll go over that. So this is the first episode of just introductions, and then we'll start another one discussing probably the topic of Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon translation process, if that's okay with you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thanks for joining us.